Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. It's that time again, friends, adventurers, and travelers of Tamriel. Welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I am your host, Tom or Robots, and I'm here as usual with Lotus of Doom. How are you doing, Lotus? I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well. It's definitely kind of warm here today. We didn't have the air conditioning on. And now that we're sitting down to record, I'm realizing that that might have been Uh a grievous error on my part. Oh, no. This is going to be the Lotus is melting show. Um, Yeah, I'll just I'll just slowly get drippy as the episode continues. Wonderful. Wonderful. We'll keep the camera high up on on your body so we don't see the uh, sweat pool on the shirt and you'll be good to go. Enjoy that visual. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, At least we don't have to smell you. Mm-hmm. Good thing internet smell vision is not a thing. Um, I'm sure you and smell divine. Hopefully never is. I'm sure, I'm sure you smell good. Like anyway, this is this is the weirdest intro I think we've ever done. Uh, that, that's up there. Welcome everybody. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a heat wave hitting this country, and, and this is one of those moments where I guess I'm glad to live in Florida because at least we have you know the uh, the wind flying over the peninsula to keep things kind of cool. So, hey, we at least we got that going for us. But uh, this isn't the weather lore cast. This isn't the sweat lore cast. This is the Elder Scrolls lore cast. And we've been discussing uh, the divines, the Adra, the Adric powers. And this week is no different. We're getting close to the end, though, of this list. We're discussing this week Stendar. Stendar, who should be the divine of all pirates, but is not. That's a that's a good dad joke, isn't it? That was he has R I, R in his name. I, like a no, I, I look. I appreciate it, but we're gonna move fast. <laughs> we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going with this. So Stendhal is interesting, and uh, for a few different reasons, we're gonna get into this. We're we're gonna launch this episode talking about kind of the general aspects of Stendhal, and on the second half, we're gonna get into kind of like we did last week with the specific types of worship in different locations and among different. Uh, cultures. So let's just get into it. So according to this, uh, and we're pulling again from the wiki from the UESP.net wiki and reminder, the UESP podcast is part of the robots radio network and has been for the last uh, month or two now. So go check them out because they have a great show as well. So let's talk about Stendar. Stendar as known, also known as Stendar the Steadfast is the God of mercy, charity, well-earned luck. And that's a title that comes from uh, one singular document and justice he is also acclaimed as the god of compassion and righteous rule by men and merciful forbearance man merciful forbearance that's a was a handful of a word combination to say it's a lot (laughs) that's a lot it's a lot of that's a merciful forbearance there's something about that that just is is weird um stendar is the apologist of men an apologist is not somebody who apologizes for you but somebody who vouches for you uh think of it like that like an apologist isn't like 
I'm sorry about what the men did. <laughs> like, that's not the point of it. It's no, the, these it's, are, these are good people where, you know, I'm ironically, I'm it's them. almost the opposite where standards kind of, he'd be standing up for you being like, I'm right. vouching for you, which is almost like, like I said, it's, it's kind of the opposite of how it sounds like it would be. Right. These kinds of words are used often in academic circles, but the, yep. what seems to be the common, uh, I guess the common sense, understanding of it or translation of what the word would mean usually don't make sense. So just so you guys know, um, patron of the Imperial Legion magistrates, rulers and knights errant and one of the divines. So the picture we get from this, and this is kind of the general overview picture. The, this is Stendar as we know him in the second or third or fourth era. And as most of the races, or at least the main line, you know, manish and elvish races worship him. This is how they see him. And what we get here is mercy, charity, and justice. And this is interesting because this is a, di a dynamic that shows up in Christian um, theology as well. The, the concept of God or a God being both merciful and just can sometimes seem uh, counterintuitive because justice means giving you what you deserve. You stick to the rules. These are the rules you do this this way, or you get what you deserve. Mercy means giving you what you don't deserve means pardoning you, even though you did break the rules. So this concept of, of Stendar being both of these things is kind of interesting in the Elder Scrolls because oftentimes we don't get that contradiction. I guess, I mean, we discovered it a little, certain types of contradictions within some of the divines that we've already talked about, but usually you get something that's a little bit more specific. It's just, you know, like, um, so for example, uh, when we were talking about um, the God of Knowledge, uh, who is slipping from my brain right now, but is going to come uh, back Julianos. to me. Julianos. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Got, <laughs> um, <got> you. <laughs> when we're talking about Julianos, we're not talking about the God of knowledge and also forgetfulness. Like those two, <laughs> right? Like those two things don't exist in the same deity, but in this case, mercy and justice do. And this is going to play a role in some of the things we discuss in a little bit. So is that, is that what you think of when you think of Stendar? Um, Lotus. kind of. Stendar is one of the, I don't know, he's one of the deities that oftentimes I find that Stendar is more of just there when referring to like, uh, almost in a stereotypical form of like, oh my God, like if you make that statement, <laughs> uh -huh. it's, it's a lot of times I just think along the lines of Stendar and as we get in, we'll, we'll get into a little more in a minute, um, some of his symbolism looks very divine very holy type of thing kind of in a similar way that we had with a little bit with some of the other divines i find that a lot of stendar is just kind of your stereotypical god more more than mm -hmm. uh, some of the others which i don't know kind of almost makes them less memorable i i don't know to me i i overlook stendar a lot it's just kind of like yeah yeah stendar that's fine like some of the other ones are a little more unique. He's a little more all-encompassing, generic, holy figure, I guess, would be how I would kind of explain Stendar in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I think that probably comes from our like Judeo-Christian cultural mm -hmm. background. This concept of a god who is all-knowing, all-judging, 
and yet merciful is is very yep. Christian. Like he's probably the most Christian like of these deities. Like even though you can attribute a lot of these concepts to a uh, gods of many faiths, you know, so w- whether it's the Judeo Christian right. God or the um, you know Allah of of the Muslim belief, sure. um, a God who loves, a God who knows all things, a God who, you know, anytime you only have one deity, they tend to be wrapped up in all of these things. The God who created everything, including time and space and, and matter, a God who, you know, loves all, but judges all, you know, and but forgives at the same time, like all of these contradictory seeming things tend to get wrapped up in that one like ultra deity rather than these individuals. So that's why it's yes. interesting to me that Stendhal does have this kind of inherent contradiction. So let's delve into the teachings and we're going to tackle this stuff and then we'll get into the, the individual worship from the different locations. So it says here, Stendhal through his priests, resolutes and Templars makes his will known to the mortals of Tamriel and commands them to quote, be kind and generous to the people of Tamriel, protect the weak, heal the seek, seek heal the sick heal the sick heal the sick that's a different faith uh heal the sick <laughs> and give to the needy so again like what well, this seems like a very traditional almost judeo-christian kind of perspective you know like jesus would have said these kinds of things or done these sure. kinds of things you know protect the weak heal the sick give to the needy um it's kind of like the god of the the lesser of everyone the one who kind of looks out for everyone Stendar offers mercy to all mortals and he welcomes heretics, which and this is interesting, the afflicted, the hopeless and the forgotten. He's like the God of the overlooked. And that's the mercy side of it. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter if you stood up against him. He's still going to be there for you. He's going to forgive you for that. And he's going to still be willing to be on your side, even if you don't worship him, which is interesting because, as we know, the Daedra are very affected by who worship them worships them and how many people worship them as if they almost gain power from that right right but when it comes to stendar that doesn't seem to be something he's concerned with he's gonna he's quote unquote going to be there for you whether that whether you do or don't which does this play into the concept of the adra as being rather than doing sure that which that's become kind of a long running trend at this point where it's like their existence is almost what they do for everybody as opposed to them directly intervening in a lot of cases. So right. this is kind of another case that leads into, well, is he is Stendar super apathetic and not really be involved or is his existence his influence? Right. Like, is it? Is it this the case that because Stendar exists, that mortals are merciful, they heal the afflicted, they welcome the hopeless and, and they remember mm-hmm. the forgotten, like the fact that like those quote unquote, uh, what would stereotypically be considered good qualities exist in mortals because Stendar is. And if he weren't there, if he wasn't part of the creation of everything, then those things wouldn't exist. That might be the case, right? So it goes on and says the divines cherish and protects or the divine cherishes and protects, protects, 
hobbitses <laughs> all mortals regardless of whether <laughs> crossing fantasy genres they, i'm starting to talk like gollum the defense of chases and protects us all mortals uh, regardless of whether they acknowledge him or not and he does not distinguish between worshipers and heretics the priests of stendar act as a conduit and he provides guidance and assistance to mortals through them Mortals who open their heart and soul to Stendar's mercy and seek his benevolence are healed and gain understanding and the love Stendar holds for all mortals, particularly those less fortunate. So it's it's still all of that kind of thing. Now, this also raises the question of, is this, again, something that the faithful impart on him or is this something that comes from him and therefore is a thing in reality, right? Like, yeah. Or do do the pe- kinds of people who just generally care about taking care of the the the, the least of these, as w- it would be say in the Bible, uh, it would be said in the Bible. Oh my God, words are so hard. Um, words are tough, man. But like, are, are those kinds of people just imposing that concept on him, or are we actually getting that from him? He also offers help in the form of healing, as Stendar can mend any wound, stay any disease, and soothe any broken soul that's interesting because that seems very potent as opposed to like that seems like a doing thing rather than a being thing especially soothing any broken soul you know mm-hmm. but it's i don't know that the potential for stendar unlike some of the others seems like there's more that could be done from like oh divine intervention type of deal because i mean when you have something like i have the ability to heal any wound or you know ailment it's like that seems like a pretty good selling point for people to want to support this deity but again how often is that ever actually done to the degree that it's like okay that's a pretty broad blanket statement Mm -hmm. when countless things could probably be healed amongst even his own followers and probably not so it's like is is that wishful thinking more than actual power or is it a thing that's just sparingly used or distributed to whoever right right you know there's something i uh, saw again recently it was the what was it the question of um the a, a world okay so like in the world of harry potter if Harry Potter was the real world and you had a, even even just a, a concept of like the school of Hogwarts existed, the wizards at that school are so powerful that they could be running everything. They could be like they could take over the world and just run everything, but even behind the scenes and nobody would ever know it. And no one would have any right. clue because it was all done basically out of view <laughs> sure i mean they have, they have the power to keep themselves from being known they could they could do anything they want they could take over the world so yep, you know sure. w- wouldn't they inherently be evil and then the, the the second part of that question is if they wouldn't inherently be evil and take over the world and they're still letting all of these terrible things happen then they must be apathetic <laughs> then they know they're not actually good yeah because bad things still happen out. in the world because like, they're just right. hanging out and you know people are starving people are dying from natural disasters people are having political takeovers by evil people and yet they lift they don't lift a hand to fix those things so they're not yeah. good they're at the at the best they're just apathetic which is kind yeah. of funny because uh, look, so how does this apply to what we're talking about here if you have a deity that can heal any wound stay any disease and 
and, and soothe any broken soul. And maybe they don't do but it actively doesn't. through themselves. Maybe they even just do it through their priests or something like that. But even their priests don't have the ability to do that. And so therefore they don't actively do this regularly. Then are they truly good or even there <laughs> or do they even care right. at all? Right. Which I guess at that point, like um, in terms of a lot of power in the Elder Scrolls, you know, Pantheon seems to be the amount of worshipers kind of almost like empowers them. It works in different ways with their different things. But like it almost wonder it makes me curious. Is there a limit that controls how much they can actually do? But at the same time. They obviously have enough worshippers that you'd think it'd be a little more common if that was the case, that right. they could distribute a little bit of goodwill or healing to people more so than it's an anomaly when something like that happens. So I, I don't know. It's it's further. I don't know, furthering the discussion we've had of how how much is there really to the divines because they're there but are they there? Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, we, we joke with Sea Chaser who's been on the show for the Patreon episodes where he's, he's just like, no, they're just not real, <laughs> which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But like, which is so, which is funny because I know, I know he's a Christian. He's mentioned this before. Yep. And yet like, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm not bringing this up from a perspective of like, I'm trying to convince anybody of anything having to do with your faith, but in reference to the Christian faith, that is one of the, one of the, the same exact, um, problems that a lot of people have with the Christian faith is that like, Oh, well, like if, in reality, in like, reality, what, what's a like, hold up for people. Like, sure. right, right. Like one of, one of the uh, critiques of Christianity is if you do have an all loving, all knowing God, then why does evil exist? <laughs> right. Which is so, and I, I guess like in reality, you have the situation of, it seems like worldly constraints. Whereas in, <laughs> Elder Scrolls, we have demons going through portals and, right. you know, plagues being thrown around, like, you know, Hircine giving his gift of uh, lycanthropy to different people or curse. And then there's the same thing with the vampire. Like, all these off the wall concepts exist. And then something as much as, like, oh man, I'm going to die of the Nahatan flu. And Sendar's kind of like, mm. what are you going to do? He's like, what? okay, I guess that's fine. I guess, I guess you might. So it's just, it's it's funny to think um, <laughs> how influential some of the greater beings are in this series, whereas other ones are kind of very hands-off. And as you put it, which has been like the long debate as we go through each of the divines of, they just kind of exist a lot of times more than actually do anything. Right, right. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dilemma uh, how you parse that. You know how how do you, how do you see that um, in the world of Elder Scrolls? Though I would I would say instead of there being like real world constraints as to what actually happens in this world, there are uh, gameplay slash financial constraints. Because if the bad guys weren't doing terrible things all the time, we'd have nothing to do in the game. We'd have no quest It'd to go. Relaxed, on. <laughs> it just turn into like Minecraft with right. with like peaceful mode Minecraft because you just end up building yourself a village and like mining rocks for right, fishing, making armor. It, yeah. Fishing. But you wouldn't even need armor mining. because there wouldn't be bad things well, to have to fight. I was going to say, there's just be mining armor for wars that you won't be fighting. Right. Like, <laughs> like, how is, 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go on with it because there is there is something that he is known for doing. And it says here that Stendar bestowed upon mortals the gift of magic and the ability to employ it. And when it says this, this comes in some contrast to this concept of magic coming from the stars, from, you know, from Aetherius that leaks through the stars and the moon uh, and, the, and the sun and it coming down to Earth and it just kind of infusing with everything. But this concept of the gift of it, this almost should say the gift of practicing magic and the ability to employ it. But then again, this is still kind of connected to Julianos. Like he also has a lot to do with knowledge and the practice of the craft of magic. Right. So those two things yeah. seem connected. Maybe maybe the two of them together brought this and taught people to <clears> use <throat> magic. To that point, a lot of these pantheons that we've already covered and still will be covering do occasionally have overlap with each other. They're not wholly independent in every way. Like some yeah. of them kind of share similar themes to each other. Right, right. Yeah. Magic uh, Crystal in chat says magic, the force and magic, the tool. Yeah. Magic, the, yeah. the component it, to being able to do sure. things and the magic, the tool of using it. Yep. Um, and the second part here says and commands them to quote, I'm sorry, uh, is <laughs> I already said that part with which mortals can seek Stendar's wisdom through the use of restoration magic in his name. And so that would be the act of actually like using restoration magic, which would be the type of magic Stendar would be most interested in you using anyway, based on mercy and, and helping people in need and that kind of thing. Invocation of Stendar grants the wielder the ability to cloak themselves in a righteous aura of blessed light. I love I like saying blessed instead of blessed blessed light because it sounds fancier, which has been adapted by the priests and resolutes of Stendar to form either a piercing beam resembling a spear, a form of armor or shield or for use as a tool for healing. This sounds a lot like a character class that you can play in Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> Gee, I wonder, Templar, what that could be. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. Like a Templar would be like a holy warrior. Sendar well, yeah, would they, be I mean, the god of that warrior, right? Exactly. The idea behind a Templar is that it's like a holy knight. So, I right. mean, having it line up with Stendar is, is a logical thing to have happen. Yep. However, the mercy of Stendar does not extend to the enemies of mortals who are referred to as abominations. I like this part. <laughs> and the divine considers them abhorrent and unnatural. You abominations are abhorrent and unnatural. It sounds like something you would hear in like a big monologue from like, you know, like a gameplay portion of, you know, like you get to the big boss guy and then you hear anyway um, <laughs> and deserving of extermination without mercy. So he has no mer mercy for abominations that's just how he feels on that like so uh, i'm trying to find the exact quote that we mentioned earlier which is one thing in contradiction of this that i find kind of interesting um where it was mentioned those that he supports i'm trying to i can't think of the word off the top of my head oh my god but he takes in um Oh my God! You carry on. I'll come back to this when I can <laughs> okay. find it. My my words are escaping me on the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, hey, I, I do that all the time. Um, so <laughs> we get a definition here of some of the abominations. Vinicius Imbrex, Archbishop of Coral, defined four kinds of abominations: Daedra. So all Daedra are an abomination. Lycanthropes, the undead, and vampires. 
in the four abominations. The Daedra is very general. Any Daedra, any creature that can be considered a Daedra, whether it's an intelligent or more animalistic Daedra uh, or a prince, is an abomination. So he stands against all of those. And then you have Lycanthropes, Undead, and Vampires, which are basically the offspring of Daedra. <laughs> right? Like, they, yep. that's what the, certain it's, Daedra brought those into the world, and so therefore they, so, they are abominations as well. Right. By default, you're also an abomination. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. And then that's the thing. That's what's interesting about this is that, like, my, my character in the games is a vampire. Like, my main character is a vampire. So... Can you be a Templar vampire or werewolf? Does that even make sense? And I guess it's kind of whether you want to. I mean, Templars as a class in game are a little more open ended than like a direct worshiper. So I guess gameplay wise, you can kind of scoot around that area type of deal. But like, um, yeah, to your point, would that be. Would that be a contradiction? It, it, you know, if you're if you're a holy template, theoretically, that that could cause some holdups because of because of that situation. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if if you're touched by Daedra, I guess we'll call it in this situation because it could be vampire, werewolf and, and any of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, theoretically, being a Templar would in turn make you opposed to the thing that you also are which is a real it's a real dilemma real, especially if real you didn't dilemma, pick exactly. it yourself right like well yes because a lot of these uh situations are forced upon people more than they look them out or, or search them out right right like you and that, that's what's so interesting about this because it's not it's only mercy unless something happens to you that he doesn't like and then all of a sudden you are not worthy of mercy anymore seems like a really odd limitation like okay you have a god so that actually, that's there for you no matter what except for these un- really unfortunate things and then he's not there right. for you anymore you are an abomination and, and that kind of brings me back to the thing that i I, the, I cannot find the exact part in the notes that i was trying to find i don't know why this is just it's one of those things where you just can't find the thing you're specifically looking for mm-hmm. but in reference to like uh, Stendar taking in outcasts is, is just like quick way I'll put it. It seems like that has a pretty hard limitation on yeah. on, on that, where yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I, uh, forgiveness and and uh, all these great things, you know, merciful forbearances we had brought up. It's like, oh wow, it's a righteous rule, God of compassion. Except when I say no, it's like, yeah, oh wow, that's a pretty big if that you're right. tacking on to this situation from the stance of this is your pantheon and you have this giant asterisk next to it where it's like yeesh I, mm-hmm. it's a thin line of worship to walk with uh, Stendar apparently. Now we do have to remember as with all things the information comes from a specific source and that source may or may not be correct or at least may be more or less correct um, this is specific to Vinicius Imbre the Archbishop of Coral at a very specific time and place, which means that this may, again, have less to do with Stendar himself or itself than with maybe stuff that was happening at the time that that Archbishop was trying to rally people against. Maybe they're having issues with Daedra and Lycanthropes and Undead and Vampires. And so he was using this as a motivation. Like, if you if you love your God, then you will stand up against these evil things and take arms and protect the city. You know, like that could be 
part of how this actually works as well. Um, and this is something that people do with religious texts all the time is they take it out of context. And so in this very specific situation, maybe Stendar is very much against these Daedra lycanthropes, undead and vampires, sure. but maybe not against all of those things. Right. Right. Yeah. So could be could be like there 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 can always there's always a thinner way to slice the pie that's <laughs> um, not an analogy but i guess i just made it one all right so the precepts mm, of pie. stendar mm, pie stendar stendar <laughs> commands all mortals to make themselves vulnerable to his will and follow his precepts so do what he says basically and here we go there's four of them never refuse aid you are capable of providing so I think Stender probably should learn from this himself, because if he can cure any wound, any disease and soothe any broken soul, then wouldn't he also be able to cure somebody from, say, vampirism? Yes. So that's, technically that's a disease. That, right. It is. And in theory, uh, going first just on on the exact, you know, what we're talking about here, uh, he supposedly has this power yeah. now. It does say capable of, um, you know, providing. Well, is it because he's too weak from lack of, you know, support? Or is it just because it's like, well, I, I don't need to do what I look, do what I say, not what I do right, <laughs> type of right. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one is go among the infirm and the wounded wherever you find them. OK, you know, go, go right. among them. He doesn't say heal them. <laughs> go among yeah, them just hang out with them just i guess spend and time very, spend time in hospitals all right very so we have, so just we hang have, out with all the drippy noses right and i guess that that ties to the first one if you're in those places and you are capable of providing aid you then should therefore be them. provide aid. but if you if you're not capable of providing aid you can still go just hang out with them because yeah you just they need company too. right just give them yeah. a high, just walk around hospitals giving them high fives be careful about the ones with broken arms that that could be painful um <laughs> Three, offer prayer to Stendar every day. This maybe is part of the whole acquiring power. You know, maybe there's right. the whole like he's he's cool with everybody because he wants them to come back to the fold and then offer him prayer. Maybe. 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 And then the fourth one is do not hoard wealth or indulge physically. Which so no fun. So don't have any. Fun. Well, hoarding wealth would be like not using <laughs> well, the wealth. Right? Hoarding wealth would just be hoarding. You know, you're Nafalargus just chilling on a mountain of gold yeah. in in the basement. But don't indulge yourself. Well, how indulge physically? Like, well, does that mean food? I, does that mean that's don't what run? I was about to say. Does that mean so like you, don't try and do a marathon because that would be indulging physically? Or does that mean like stay away from you know really tempting sexual situations because that would be like what does this mean? Right. It's it's very vague. Where it's just like so. I guess I just don't get carried away no matter what with anything ever because that's potentially a violation of Stendar's four tenant things here. It's like, ugh, man, that's that's vague enough to be problematic. Yeah, yeah. So these four come from the precepts of Stendar written by Tolis the Bright, Resolute of Stendar. And at the end, it says, above all, never forget Stendar's command. Be kind and generous to the people of Tamriel. Protect the weak heal the sick and give to the needy. So I guess that's where like not hoarding wealth comes from. Like there's no yeah, use in and, hoarding wealth. If somebody else could really like, if you could change somebody's life with a little bit of your wealth, then use it for that. 
Sure. And actually, to Crystal's point as well, there's there's also the thing. It's like, well, it's probably actually implying moderation. Mm -hmm. But then again, how again, it, it gets a little dicey what what you can do with moderation like you know that probably is the the goal it's like okay don't just become a hedonist and yeah <laughs> go with right that whole because that, that hurts your thing, health but, that makes you makes you more vulnerable to illness and, sure and but it's it's one of those situations where almost um you know i guess uh, i'll do this from like uh for a athletic perspective of like when you're on a diet you want to stick to it but then you usually to help keep you on track can have like a cheat day, which theoretically would that classify as indulgence? Well, it's moderation in terms of your diet because you're not just doing that all the time. But then again, you are indulging in a, in a thing that you normally wouldn't be doing, but it helps keep you on track the rest of the time. It continues on in the situation of one of the themes that I'm kind of noticing to send are is it sounds very concrete, like, a, you know, here are my doctrines and this is what you should believe. And it's mm -hmm. actually a little more vague than it seems like it would be for something just like, I'm, you know, I'm very righteous in that. And it's like, oh, all right, you are, I guess. <laughs> but it's it's very open to interpretation of exactly like I could see him outcasting people that didn't even realize they necessarily were doing something wrong, so to speak, since it seems a little more vengeful when we got into the, the Daedric side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crystal in chat says asceticism is a real thing in some religious followings and it may be connected to that, but yeah. it's, it's interesting that Could that's be. the one place you hear about it. It seems like that's the least popular of the things they assign to him is this idea of not indulging physically because it's right, not brought but, up like anywhere else. Which, which is funny because I assume that that means you probably aren't a follower of Dibella and uh, yeah. <laughs> Stendar at the same time, because they're like almost diametrically opposed to each other <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah. I have to wonder if this yeah. again was just like one little thing that that one person put in there because again, it, it, it was applicable to something that they were referencing sure. and not so much about the God themselves. Um, but it, it's an interesting aspect if it's something that is there, but you know, is it, is it not as high on his list of tenants that matter? There's, there's a lot of, I don't know. There, there's a lot of questions there that could be, I don't know, almost almost like juxtaposed to each other is like, well, if you're doing one thing or you are you unintentionally doing something bad in another aspect to him? I don't know. It's Stendar is a more interesting um, divine than prior to me reading up on this before the show, because I actually <laughs> the divines I've been enjoying because I didn't know an awful lot about the divines. So yeah. going through this to get uh, the information for these it's interesting how they seem a little more cut and dry than they actually are when you delve into them. Yeah. Well, and there's a huge long history. There's a lot of different games. There's a lot of different writers and characters and, and it's just right. like anything And this, I find this with everything I end up diving into. There's always a little bit more to it than, than there seems. And things are presented differently over time and over time in the games. And it, there's just a lot of layers to it all. So yeah, plus some of the gods have fallen out of favor. We went back when we covered Ebon Arm. Ebon Arm essentially isn't even really much of this, like doesn't mm -hmm. really almost even exist almost. I mean, there's, there's definitely like, 
little nods here and there like to right. their but they almost seem like easter eggs of like hey did you play the old games rather than hey this is something that we actually still deem to be important right right well let's move on to the middle of the show and then we're going to come back with some other really interesting connections here especially to uh what the nords um, thought of Sendar, or at least the origin of what might be or what might be the origin of Sendar. you'll see in a little bit we'll be right back the skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. But this isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. All right, we're here in the middle of the show, and this is the place where we get to thank our patrons. And thank you to all of our patrons, especially, get this, uh, get this, uh, Lotus. We have a brand new Tier 6, Akatosh or Lorcon. I'm not sure which Good one. Lord. Uh, a brand new one, Ethan J. Sweet Stendar. <laughs> Sweet Stendar. Holy mercy. What the heck is going on? Thank you so much, Ethan. That is phenomenal. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. You get a thank you every week because of that. That is that is a ton of support. And I extremely, extremely appreciate it because this is this is what I do full time. This podcast and all the other podcasts that I do and running the network. And without the support from you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. I would be searching for some sort of terrible job right now <laughs> instead of being able to do this every day. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really do appreciate it. And then also thank you to Daniel O and noodle al dente, our tier five patrons. They get a call out every week and the 51 total patrons that we have. Thank you to every single one of you, everybody from tier one to tier six. All of it is appreciated. Thank you so very much. And if you're interested in helping to support the show, go check out patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast, where you can get even at the very, very first level ad free episodes a day early you get discounts on the store you get the extended versions of the sh of the show where you get to hear me and lotus goof about whatever we're having to goof about every week uh, during the pre-show <laughs> i think it's some of the best content but I, it doesn't fit in the in the way the show works so yeah uh, not at all not it at is all. not structured in the least it is not structured but it is some of the uh, like man there's some really good goofs that happen uh, and you can catch those if you come live and, and just show up in the channel a little bit early too when we do these. So, uh, but thank you again to all of the patrons. You guys are phenomenal. I hope you enjoyed the Xbox show episode. I, I kind of plugged into the feed um, yesterday. If you're not into that stuff, then, you know, um, you know, we probably just skipped it and that's totally fine. But thank you for giving it a listen. And if you did enjoy it, please remember to subscribe and check out that show as well. Um, I'm super excited about it because of so many Bethesda titles being on the Xbox Game Pass and being able to try those out and play them. I'll be I'll be whenever I get a chance to stream, I will be streaming a lot of those games as well. Just trying out some of the new stuff on there. So this can be a 
place where you can come and just find out like, hey, are these games worth playing? So if you want to stop in during any of my streams, I'd love to have you come by. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So I think this is one of the most interesting things about Stendar is that Stendar was originally worshipped as Stun, and I believe it's pronounced Stun, S-T-U-H-N, the I god so. of ransom, shield thane of Shore. Again, Shore is Lorcan. This is the Nordic pantheon, but later developed into the current form of worship as a deity of compassion or sometimes righteous rule. That would be the justice side. He is worshipped throughout Tamriel and is considered part of the Imperial, Breton, Altmer, Bosmer, and Khajiit pantheons, which we're going to get to in a, in a little bit. But this con this concept of the God of Ransom. And so if you look a little bit more into Stune, Stune is the Nordic God of Ransom, Fraternity, and Justice, and is represented by a whale. So all of those images you see in Skyrim of the fish looking symbol, that's the whale that represents Stune. And it's on those, you know, those things that you turn in order to figure out the puzzles. It's on symbols all yep. over the place. Um, even the art on the walls have a, a whale figure at the top with a, a guy who looks like he has two horns and two uh, spears on, on the sides. And um, those show up in the walls and the tombs. And um, it says here, he is the brother of, of Sun, which is uh, not a specific relation to any of the other Adra. This is something that only exists in the Nordic pantheon, I believe, as far as I could tell. Yeah, and I was going to say that that's just the Nordic pantheon. It's a bear, isn't it? Yeah, it's Actually, the, it's the bear. Okay, so if you, yeah, if you remember okay, the, yeah, yeah. seeing the bear symbol places, uh, the yeah. bear face um, and what looks like a robed figure with two staffs with uh, the heads of what look like vultures. Facing each oh, way. Okay, I remember. Yep, I he's, this now. he's that guy. So they were they were kind of brothers. Uh, they were shield thanes of Shore or Lorcan, meaning that they were servants, subservient to Lorcan, um, and is one of the hearth gods. Stoon fought against the Aldmiri pantheon and showed men how to take and the benefits of taking prisoners of war. That does not sound door. merciful at all. I mean, I guess well, I mean, they, as opposed they to killing them, them yeah. that's merciful. <laughs> like here, you get yeah. to be our prisoners and we'll probably turn you into slaves and stuff. But at least we didn't kill you. Is that what that's I mean, about? There, there's no tie into this, but it's just funny as, as like a little Elder Scrolls tangent to this. This makes me think of the situation with Bosmer culture where if they felt wronged, they would go steal a family member from one of their other clans, bring them back, basically torture them so that they developed like uh, Stockholm syndrome, right? And then just make them into the person that they lost. So it's like, this is my sister now, and that that Bosmer then refers to them. It's like, well, no, I'm their sister. I'm not the person I used to be. It's <laughs> like this seems like a god that would have really tied into that real well. I mean, it's not related, as far as I know. I mean, this is specific to the Nords, but it's just funny because when I think of a god of prisoners of war, it's like, woof. That's a uh, yeah, that's pretty intense. Yeah. So he is seen as a precursor to Stendar by some and seen as the same as Stendar by others. So this is interesting. This concept of a precursor to and a stand in this. I think this uh, this and I mentioned this on a previous episode. This kind of stuff gets referenced a lot. And it seems as if in some cases these gods were mantled 
by other deities or by mortals who then took their place and also somehow shifted their focus a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I have to, like, again, this is something I, I need to dig into more to see how much of the information is actually there. But this, this idea that, like, Stoon was against the Pantheon from the Aldmeri. And Stendar is connected to the Pantheon from the Aldmeri. So did the Aldmeri right. win and Stendar mantled Stoon in order to merge the two in some sort of sure. way? Like, uh, did they eat each other? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like one consumed the other and then took on some of their, like, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe, maybe Stendar was Mercy and then took on, took Stoon on and became Justice also. Like, there was a merging of the two. That could be, or, and I mean, maybe that explains a little bit of the, like, contradictions that are there, because, I mean, Stoon does not have a, I mean, there's some thing, but, like, when I'm considering, okay, you've got the God of Ransom, okay, that does not immediately sync up with what I would think with fraternity and justice, but the justice aspect definitely sort of comes over with Stendar in theory. So it's like, to your point, maybe that is it. Maybe some of that was brought over, but then it was merged with something else. So we kind of dropped off bits of it. But at the same time, maybe some of that lingers enough where it's like, it warps from a way of like, okay, well maybe it's not ransom now, but it's like, there's that almost vengeful side of Stendar where it's like, well, no, you're an abomination. There'll be no saving you. So it's like, well, yeah. okay, we're not all merciful here. We, we still got right. a little bit of this like anger on the side. So maybe it could be something like that as well. The other thought here, and this, this happens in real world uh, religious theology is that we're getting closer and closer to a true representation of the divine that was always there. So sure. another possibility is this concept that Stoon was and Stendar are the same and that the Nords were worshiping and only able to see certain aspects of, of the God that is actually there. And the Aldmeri were seeing other aspects of that same God. But as, mm -hmm. over time and over, you know, a better understanding, we're seeing a more fuller picture of the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe that's a thing that's happening as well. Um, I've never brought that up on the show before, I don't think. But that could be part of it as well. Okay. Totally seems plausible. Yeah. So let's get through the different uh, zones of worship. And some of these are going to be similar to some of the things we've discussed before. So I'll, I'll kind of fast forward through certain parts of it. Yeah, a few of these aren't too big difference wise whatsoever. Right. So, uh, of course, in Cyrodiil, they venerate Stendar. Uh, Stendar, just like Mara, is among the pantheon of the Cyrodiilians, the Empire and the Aldmeri and the descendants of the Aldmeri, um, or at least the connected cultures from the Aldmeri, the other elves. Um, the, uh, there's a chapel of Stendar that's known to have been located in the city of Coral in the second and third eras. And in the late third era, way shrines dedicated to the divine can be found throughout the countryside of the province. A statue of Stendar was featured in the Aboritum district of the Imperial city, the capital and, uh, Arboretum, I think Arboretum, is, is that it? Arboretum. Yeah, it's, I think that's how you say it just for the, I'm pretty sure, sure that's, I, it's, it's a strange word, but I think it's Arboretum. Yeah. Almost like a, a burrito. So Arbor, yep. Arboreto, yes. mm, the Arboreto district. Delicious. <laughs> yep. The Arboreto district. In the, the second and third eras. That sounds like a delicious district. Then we have Just elsewhere. Yeah. So Estendar <laughs> is worshipped as Srendar, the runt among the Khajiit. 
of elsewhere and is regarded as the son of honor and Fadume. So uh, Anu and Padme, basically same mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, according to the Khajiit, honor and Fadume acclaimed Shrendar as God of mercy, as he was the weakest child. Oh, poor Shrendar. He was yeah, like the run of the litter. Yeah. Um, as God of mercy, the Khajiit associates Shrendar with compassion, charity, and justice. So he basically takes on the same, the same role. And of course there's locations throughout that part of the empire uh, that worship him. Uh, worship in Morrowind is very similar to the other the other divines in that they don't really worship the divines and um, maybe some of the other groups who have been there have worshipped him before and then following the end of the tribunal temple um, worship kind of started to creep back in so otherwise not not too much else that's interesting in there then there's Skyrim we talked about the Nords in the fourth era shrines to Stendar could be found throughout the province of Skyrim in the wilderness and in urban centers such as at the temple of the divines in solitude the vigil of Stendar a holy order founded after the oblivion crisis in the third era 433 had a chapter house in Skyrim in the fourth era which was located south of the city of Dawnstar do you remember these guys remember the vigil of Stendar I do actually um I mean, not much of interest about them, but I remember they exist. <laughs> yeah. So the vigilance of Standar follow the teachings of Standar, provided healing services to the population of Skyrim and engaged in combat with abominations. These were the guys that were hunting vampires uh, yep. that weren't part of the um, Dawn Guard. The chapter house was destroyed in the fourth era 201 and its occupants, including the keeper of the vigil and head of the chapter in Skyrim, were killed by the Volcahar the predominant vampire clan in the province. Oh, yes. Yep. The High Order was also utilized a watchtower known as Stendar's Beacon during this time. A shrine dedicated to Stendar and the Divines was located at Fort Frostmouth and the island of Solstheim in the late Third Era. So let's talk about the Iliac Bay. Stendar is the patron deity of several regions of the Iliac Bay. Whenever we get to this part, there's a lot of this like Daggerfall lore that kind of pops in here, including Alakir, Boreane, Mornoth, Phrygius, Sentakai, and Irvice, and is venerated by Red Guards and Bretons alike. Temples dedicated to the divine can be found throughout the Iliac Bay during the late Third Era and were administered by the Temple of, of Stendar, a religious organization, blah, 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 blah. So that's all basically the same stuff and yep. very similar to Mara. It, by the Third Era, everybody was worshiping most of these regular, regular, quote unquote, divines. And so there were places that were, you know, formed around. Yeah, they work their they work their way into casual worship of like everyday everybody for and, most of most citizens, yeah. Including the the Red Guard. Um then we have the Somerset Islands. The sect of her of harmonious masters in I'm sorry, let me start that over. The sect of harmonious masters of Lilandril was a sect dedicated to the teachings of Stendar that emerged during the second era in the city of Lilandril. The sect abhorred violence, offered healing, and promulgated knowledge of healing spells to the general population, which Stendar, surrender. I was going to say Stendar. Stendar. Yeah. <laughs> really, we're going, coming in from elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this one just needs to t- talk about Stendar the way I, this one always <laughs> talks about Stendar. Um, the veneration of Stendar is frowned upon by a minority of elves who consider the god unworthy of the worship of the children of Elmeris because of his role as the apologist of men. So they see this god as being too close to men. and Which is... 
Yeah, that's an interesting take yet again, where there's that, you know, opposition where Murr and the human races really don't. There's the Murr don't like that whole <laughs> connection to that. And they, they even when there's good traits coming out of it it's like well yeah but we should do this in a way that doesn't relate to humans like because we're above them so it's definitely like it's 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 always it's always looming around that that whole uh situation oh yeah yeah and um uh i I would wonder how many of this minority are like the thalmor (laughs) i would well i i would assume a lot of them (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) um then it finishes up and says eritonwe of lalandril a notable member of the sect refuted criticisms of the veneration of stendar among elves in rituals of the harmonious masters so basically she was petitioning that you know these are all of our gods they are all venerated they all should be worshipped and you know just because they're in support of men doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing so um so there you go. That's that's how Stendar shows up in all these different locations. Uh, the artifacts connected with Stendar include the Gauntlets of the Crusader, Stendar's Hammer, and the Ring of Stendar's Mercy. Do they, any of these stand out to you, Lotus? None of these, unfortunately, really um, are anything I've ever used in the games. Um, so, so other than their existence... I, I've never found a use for any of these that I've come across. Yeah, I've come across, yeah. or I literally did not run into them. Uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, let me just browse this. Okay, yeah, the Gauntlets of the Crusader. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that was like critical to the Knights of the Nine. Yep, yep, that shows um, up in the Knights of the Nine, and supposedly was yep. something that was granted Pelinal Whitestrike. It's like every yep. every god was down with like making something for Pelinal. Every, <laughs> every everybody loved Pelinal's Whitestrike. I mean, I guess <laughs> I do too because his event is coming up in Elder Scrolls Online, and I I love it. It's my favorite event. So I guess even I I give my love to that that. That dude, because Cyborg from awesome. the future. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. We should get into that. When I covered him, I didn't cover that Oof. part of it very much. But there's the there's weird a, possible side deep lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's this. Uh, we'll call it. Um, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, uh, there's a word for not being part of the regular canon. It's anyway. It's uncanonized well, lore. Let's say. Yeah. It, it's it's weird speculation stuff and it's uh a, a lot of times if if anybody's ever interested this is a bit of a tangent tangent but like there's the elder scrolls lore iceberg i don't know if anybody's seen <laughs> that but you can look it up um it gets it gets real weird <laughs> and um yeah him being a time traveling robot from the future um mm-hmm. is part of that iceberg <laughs> yeah we should call that the apocrypha that's the word i was thinking of um, there you go yeah it's like that i'm assuming i haven't watched this but i'm assuming the top of the iceberg is most of the stuff we cover and then everything underneath it is and all then underneath the water it is the a ridiculous stuff and every, everything um, everyone comes up with about so everything there's another um show um that that's actually it's just called the elder scrolls podcast it's done by the uh group fudge muppet and uh, somebody who yeah. I love that. Well, not that I don't like their their work too. They do they do great stuff on YouTube. Uh, also, they had um, Camelworks, who's another great content creator who borderline makes documentaries about the games. <laughs> um, they got together uh, for a 
I believe it was three full podcasts. It was like nine hours long. They went through every single part of the iceberg. (laughs) And it was just, it is, you could tell by the end, they were like, what is happening? Like, what are these people? Like, some of them weren't even like, again, I strongly suggest taking a look at the iceberg yourself. It's really funny just because it is very tinfoil hat. And some of them are not theories with much to them. Like, Mm-hmm. we've made several references to like oh a time traveling robot okay that's weird but like there's like okay people came up with a reason to it other things it's just like talos is actually a moon monster it's like okay what what are you talking about <laughs> like and you put a question mark in it it's like are you asking me like what is- <laughs> so it's it's a it's yeah it's it's a funny thing just in general so i definitely suggest looking it up if you have interest in what i call just the deep lore where it gets kind of less on the rails of anything that the game actually sanctions and more like people's wacky wacky conspiracy (laughs) theories and stuff yeah yeah that makes sense so uh yeah so if you want to dive into wacky conspiracies go check that out and especially look up the one about pelona white straight being a cyborg from the future um which is funny because it's it's like a Terminator reference, but uh, I can see the connection there. Anyway, uh, Gauntlets of the Crusader have to do with that. Stendar's hammer is the hammer rumored to have once been wielded by Stendar, the god of justice. Can you imagine using his own Stendar hammer to like gavel? <laughs> One of his other titles, the god of righteous might, is fitting as the hammer is very heavy. It is made of ebony and sapphire. The weapon is enchanted to drain or damage the health of those it strikes at the cost of the wielder's stamina. It's kind of an interesting thing there. Yeah, that's to be fair. That almost sounded kind of sounds just like a, it, like if you're swinging something, you'd think it would drain your stamina anyway. <laughs> yeah, like like what are you using to swing it? <laughs> right? right, like your magic. I don't really understand. Yeah, <laughs> swing uh, hammer. <laughs> shout at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then there's the Ring of Stendar's Mercy. The Ring of Stendar's Mercy is a ring that was linked to the Amulet of Kings and Sankar Tor. The ring served as a key to a ward of Stendar protecting the amulet in the second era of 582. It was used by the Vestige to retrieve the amulet alongside Sai Sahan. So, of course, this shows up in Elder Scrolls Online. Yep. There's your Elder Scrolls Online. Pull in. Yep. And so those are those are the main items that are associated with Stendar. And if you're looking at imagery, anytime you see the uh, chalice or horn, uh, horn for the Nords, more likely that's spilling yeah, out like, what looks like wine or blood. It's generally yes. red colored uh, or an ankh, an ankh symbol. Yeah. So the ankh is very interesting because it makes me curious. There were many uh, Ankh symbols when I was playing through Elder Scrolls One Arena in many of the temples. So I'm I'm guessing that that has the tie-in because um, there's even if you go to the uh, UESP, you can see some of the imagery from it, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, the Ankh has been like a thing way way back. So I'm not I'm not really sure what the I mean, there's no deep lore that I'm aware of for a tie-in other than that's just a symbol for him. I don't know why it would or would not be. But yeah, the yeah. chalice or the the drinking horn is definitely more commonly what you'll see. Yeah, and I feel like an Ankh showed up for somebody else too. So I wonder if it was more generally like right. the divines. This is holy symbol. Right, like. holy, holy stuff here <laughs> kind of symbol. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, little, there's some tiny little notes here at the bottom. The little moon god Joan 
Secunda, the, the, the tiny moon, is also known as Stendar's Sorrow, which I wonder if that's connected to Lorcan and being a shield thane of Lorcan because the moons are also sometimes associated with Lorcan's body. Oh, I got, uh, okay. I could, I could see that as a potential Otherwise, tie-in. I don't know what that refers to. Yeah, um, that, that one, I, I have no, a bit beyond the potential of what you said there with like, okay, well, if it's his body, that they, they could be the sorrow related to you know, having Lorcan's heart ripped out. But I could see that, but beyond that, I, I, off the top of my head, can't think of another connection that that might be. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess it makes sense for him to be associated with Lorcan because he's he's uh, the apologist of men. Uh, the existence yeah. of men wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Lorcan creating the world or at least convincing everyone to create the world. So therefore, maybe he's not, not as like you get the sense that a lot of the divines are like, ah, crap, we got fooled into this. Now we're stuck with it. <laughs> now we're stuck here. <laughs> right. Rather than in this case, it's more like, no, this is this is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I'm cool with it. Um, but. I don't know. That's just this, the tone of things give me that impression more than anything that's been said. Um, another note here, followers of the divines, I like this, use many variants of a common threat. They offer Stendar's mercy for they themselves will not give any, which seems super hypocritical. Yep. <laughs> Stendar can add a god of hypocrisy to his list of uh, Or at least adjectives. his worshippers are hypocrites. Worshippers hypocritical well, yeah. when they, you know, while they're wielding their weapons to kill their neighbors and they're like, yeah. Stendar's mercy to you. Um, while, while their god doesn't heal the sick. Uh, yeah. And then Stendar lends his name to the beverage known as Stendar's Vigilance Ginger Ale. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious, because you drink ginger ale when you're feeling sick, right? It helps soothe yep, your belly. Enjoy- that makes sense. See, now that's now that's a canon tie-in right there. there Beautiful. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's Stendar for you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been another yeah. really fun look at at the divines. I think we've got one left. I'll have to look at the list, but I think we're down to the last one. And let's see. I didn't mention it, but next week is our patron chat because the 24th is the last thursday of the month so wow uh, already yeah already this it's things fall on different dates right so we don't get a fifth thursday this month so that's uh that's patron episode so you still have time to sign up if you want to be a tier four or higher patron you can you can join us there and um so we got it guys we need to start talking about what topic we're going to discuss next week so start chiming in on the discord let us know what you think um lotus you have anything else going on before we head out we've got the dungeons and dragons lore cast coming up next so don't go anywhere but before that we're going to wrap up the show so anything going on with tales or streams or anything you want to share um no i was gonna say just um usual stuff on my end i uh still slogging my way through <laughs> battle spire we got the console version of blackwood so i've been having a lot of fun with that uh can't get a ps5 to get see what the pretty pretty new version is but i yeah. hear great things if you can get one um yeah who knows when that'll ever be uh but yeah it's um it's kind of a lot of stuff been happening in eso so that's a lot of my attention uh the event for mid-year mayhem which i made reference to earlier uh with palomel that starts it's a pvp event uh, that starts actually next thursday it starts on the 24th so that that's something i'm looking forward to because it's my favorite event in eso actually yeah yeah go check that out if you haven't tried it before it's a fun event um yep 
let's see uh i've got all the regular stuff i'm doing i've got some some new shows we started the xbox games pass show game pass show um which is up everywhere now and this monday we actually started the witcher lore cast as well what i'm trying to do is people are like oh my god do you even do do you ever sleep or do you just clone yourself what do you do what i'm doing is i'm i'm working on a lot of these shows with partners kind of like i do lotus and so the whole weight of the show isn't just on myself and what that's allowed me to do is do two shows um on certain evenings every week. So Sundays are cyberpunk and mass effect. Uh, Mondays are now the Witcher lore cast and the Xbox game pass show. Thursdays are the elder scrolls lore cast and dungeons and dragons lore cast. And then follow lore cast usually happens earlier in the day on Thursdays this week where we actually have an interview with Nate Perky pie, who was, um, the, oh, cool. yeah, he was the lead creative, uh, director, I believe on, all sorts of stuff. He was at least he was lead creative director on Fallout 76, but also worked on stuff with Bethesda for the last 10 or plus years. I don't remember the actual time he's been there. 15 years, maybe it's been, he's been there a long time. So worked on a lot of stuff. He had some really cool insight into the way they designed the worlds and things like that. So that's going to come out on the Fallout Lorecast this week. Um, it was part of the Fallout Hub slash Fallout Lorecast kind of double thing we did. So that's what we got coming this week. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of shows. I'm trying to I'm trying to make this be the place you go hang out on in the evenings to just get a really cool lore show about a lot of these games that we all like. So I um, hope you guys will come back and join us uh, in the future. Twitch.tv slash robots radio almost every evening during the week. <laughs> now he's going to say pick a night and it's probably has something going probably, on. It probably has something. And if not, maybe you'll catch me streaming. Like I made um, Satan Shepherd for Mass Effect 3 last night, which was fun. Thank you to Crystal in chat for helping me name Shepherd. She's Satan Shepherd. And so I'm sure that's a um, heroic playthrough where you're choosing yes. all the all the paragon choices. Of course. Yes. Clearly. She's, she's clearly. selfless and loving and give she's Srender. 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 We love her. Srender. 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 Definitely not a human only racist or anything think, like that. Do you think the, the Kijit should purr when they say ours? Should be, should, they should be like Srender. <laughs> I don't think I've heard any of them do that. That would be cool. I think some of them do. Do they? Now, I'm trying to think through specific Khajiit that I can think of that, that do the little purr into the situation. Spender. Yeah. That would be cool. Anyway. Let us know. Khajiit purr lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jump jump in the Discord. Let us know if you if you can find a clip of a of a Khajiit doing a purr. Uh, while speaking, not just like sitting there, like breathing and making a yeah, person. I know they, Actually I, I know they words. exist. I wish I could come up with a specific Khajiit to go target right now. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if that really is a thing or not, but okay. Well, yeah, let us know. Anyway, uh, that's it for the show. We'll see you guys next week. And if you are into Dungeons and Dragons, stay tuned because that's coming up next. Uh, we'll be doing the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast in about 20 minutes. So I'll be back for that. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. See you guys later. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. 
Are you interested in keeping up with all the latest gaming news, but you're just too busy? Well, I've got the podcast for you. The Robots Radio Show is a daily gaming news show where I bring you in a quick format all the top news about video games, nerd culture, and even the best deals. You can find the Robots Radio Show on Spotify and Apple and all the different podcatchers, and you can join me live, twitch.tv slash robotsradio at around noon Eastern every day. Come talk about game stuff with me. Again, that's the Robots Radio Show. Available everywhere. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, we've all got the creeps going. I love it so oh, yeah, much. Right Screechy child. <laughs> my favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good. Good. Better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter-off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you old crusty coot? Uh, Anywhere you can get all your podcasts. You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat!